my monkeys, what is going on? Old Uncle Silverback is here with you today. Well, it's been a while, almost a year, I guess, or quite frankly, probably about a year, I guess, since I've put out a show. I will make this intro a little bit shorter, and then we'll jump in with the show. The show I have for you today, we're talking about Black Mirror, and I've got a friend of mine, Sid, who is going to be doing some co-hosting with me. He may or may not be on every show. It just depends on what his schedule allows. I also have a couple other guys that are going to be coming on the show with me, and we'll see how that goes. Let's go ahead and give me that. I'll give you that contact info, and then I'll give you a little bit more what the plans are for the show, and then I'll have you jump right in. The voicemail is area code 206-745-2731, so it's the same one that I use for my other show, which is Firearms Cafe. The email address is thearmedape at gmail.com. Eventually, I'll be switching that over to a Proton Mail, uh, as I've done for Firearms Cafe. But for right now, it's thearmedape at gmail.com. And if you want to send an email, if you want to record audio, if you want to just do a shout-out, that type of stuff, please go ahead and send that in. I'd love to hear from you. All right, so structure of the show, kind of like I had mentioned a little bit earlier, I will have some other co-hosts that will be coming on with me. Sometimes it will be with them. Sometimes it will be just me. Sometimes it'll be kind of a different configuration of the uh, probably three or four of us that are going to be kind of coming in and out. As far as a release schedule, I think I'm going to try and start to do it every couple of weeks and probably release on a Wednesday. If we can get kind of a flow going or a pattern down a little bit better, we may be able to come back and doing it every uh, every single week. So we shall see. Anyway, I've missed you guys. Thanks for sticking with me and enjoy the show. All right, guys, as you heard from the introduction that I did earlier, I've got Sid on the show with me. Hopefully he'll be a uh, regular co-host along with maybe getting uh, Ken and, and uh, Nick Sid's a guy that I kind of know from Facebook, although I feel like he and I have a lot of stuff in common. So let me, before we jump in with the show, uh, what we're going to be doing is talking about an episode of Black Mirror, and it's called The Entire History of You. For me, as far as uh, types of shows and types of movies, I pretty much like everything. About the only things that I steer clear of or or just don't find much interest in for me at least is the romantic comedies and probably musicals that I don't really get into too much. Now with the romantic comedies, I will kind of throw out a little bit of a caveat there in that I liked some of the ones as a kid and I'd actually like to go back and kind of rewatch them. The stuff that was sort of the screwball comedies from the, oh, probably mid to late thirties. So the ones that had uh, like Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn and some of that stuff. And I'd like to go, I haven't watched any of those things in probably 20, 30 years. So I'd actually like to go back and watch them and see if they kind of hold up. So as far as types of movies or types of shows that you like or stuff that you don't like, what's some of the stuff that kind of floats your boat or some of the stuff that you like to stay away from? Uh, well, I'm pretty much with you on the romantic comedies. Um, I, there's, um, you know, if I have to watch Hope Floats one more time, I'm going to freaking strangle somebody. But uh, <laughs> as far as, as all the uh, other shows, I'm pretty much on, on the same curve. I've been really impressed with um, uh, 
um, the redo they did of Lost in Space on Netflix. Okay. Uh, it has a it's a it has a really good story, lots of good action, but it's also a show that you can watch with the whole family. You know, because there's some shows that oh man, I I know uh, that uh, I have a 13 year old daughter, and I'm like oh well, and she really likes sci-fi and Doctor Who and whatnot, and like oh man, she'd really watch this, and then they throw in. Uh, the throwing scenes like, oh man, what 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 do I do next? You know, so uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, I like everything from westerns to space westerns to um, um, uh, stuff like this, like the Black Mirror, which is every episode is different, so it's kind of I don't know if you ever listen to the old radio shows like Dimension X or X minus one. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, where okay, where it was all done by a different author from Roddenberry to Heinlein to Asimov and, and they retold the stories on the radio. Uh, this is uh, well, pretty much close to the same thing except with a, more of a modern touch I mean, being with the name Black Mirror, which is uh, the reflection of yourself on a, on a, on a cell phone or a tablet or, or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that, That's how I kind of like how this, uh, how this series has, uh, has come along. I've been real impressed with so I've seen, like Ken and I had done a show and we did the first episode, which was about where the uh, prime minister, they basically uh, make him like fuck a pig. And, and it's a, um, the artist is doing sort of a, um, oh, kind of, what do they call it? Like a, almost like a performance art thing where he's right, trying yeah. to, to get all that stuff going. Uh, and so what's kind of neat too about, I've seen pretty much all the episodes. I think I've only got one more left and I'm, I'm probably going to watch that in the, sometime this week. Um, and I would, I would have to say that I, with the exception of maybe two of the episodes, they didn't really float my boat too much, but for the most part, I've really liked the show as a whole. And I like that. It's almost, it's, it's sort of like an, uh, what do they call it? Anthology, it's, but it's like an anthology light to where you see that there are certain things that cross over from, uh, I guess we'll call them episode to episode, So you, especially with the technology. So you'll see, oh, uh, this type of cell phone is being used or that type of thing, or there's the uh, something to do with the eyes and how they can record stuff that you see, which is part of what the show is about uh, tonight that we're going to be yeah. discussing. So, um, so what, well, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead. And we'll jump in. And generally, uh, f- for you guys that are sort of old hands, the way I usually would do reviews, and it was primarily more for movies, is I would talk about maybe the first act or so, and then I would kind of end the show and say, well, if you if you don't want spoilers, I'd play the outro music, and then people could come back if, or just stick with the show and keep listening. And then I would go in and kind of spoil the whole movie and talk more in depth about it. With this stuff, because the episodes are really only, what, anywhere from maybe about 50 minutes to about an hour, maybe a little bit over, Um, I think Uh what we'll do is we'll just put the spoiler warning out there, we'll talk about stuff, but we'll still kind of go in a linear fashion. So if it gets to a a certain point, if you haven't heard or you haven't watched the episodes yet, you you can kind of sort of self-censor a little bit, Uh, but we won't kind of talk about kind of the big spoiler which comes at the end or what I would consider to be spoiler territory until, like I said, we'll just kind of go linearly, uh, in a linear fashion. Uh, so, good. like I said, the 
name of the episode is called The Entire History of You. And we open up, oh, and uh, I know I'm jumping around here a lot. I haven't watched this show probably in about a year. Um, and I think it was longer before that you, me, and Ken were going to try and discuss this episode. And then we had basically uh-huh. a, a technical snafu with Skype. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like you blink your eyes and it's like a year and a half later and you're just like, God damn, time went by fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I ended up watching this show uh, about an hour ago. Yeah. So you're going to, you're going to have a much more fresher perspective. And so if I kind of leave some stuff out, just go ahead and jump right in. Um, but like I said, my, st- and I kind of thought, well, should I watch it again? I thought, no, I'll, I'll hold off and I'll see kind of what a little bit of time and distance has done and kind of how it sat with me for, you know, for quite a while. So anyway, uh, we open up with the main character. His name, I believe is Liam Foxwell and he's an attorney and he is at an interview process where I think it's the firm that he works for. They're doing some downsizing and they're going through the interview process and they're, they're asking him a bunch of questions and at the end of the interview, you can sort of tell by the look on his face. He's kind of like, oh boy, that, I don't think that went too well. And so he goes back, he, he goes and he gets in a cab and he, re, he re, is actually able to, he takes out a little device that's about the size of what, probably like a cigarette lighter, like a little Bic lighter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or basically like a thumb drive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, about that thickness and everything. Too. To, to back up and not trying to uh, derail or anything, I what I found what was really interesting in this interview is that the uh, they're downsizing and they're taking a look at uh, taking a, their uh, law firm into a different direction, and the different direction is they're looking at doing litigation and retrospective parenting cases. Yeah, yeah, I was going to mention that. I thought that, and, and in fact, that was one of the questions they were asking him, and he was like, "Well." would you have any problems with that morally or ethically? And he kind of hesitates at first. Yeah. And then yeah. he's like, Oh oh no, of course not. Um, and so when he, he gets in the cab and he re, he sort of rewinds it. And then what we as the viewer see is that his eyes kind of cloud over and he gets kind of a little bit of a vacant look on his face, but he's, he rewatches the interview and it gets to the part where they're, they're kind of, you know, saying goodbye to him and that the interview is over. And, and the thing that they said, and I remember in my notes from back then, I had written down exactly what they said. And the one guy says, we really hope to look forward to seeing you again, which yeah. basically is that guy. It was kind of a, almost like a Freudian slip type thing where he yeah, knows, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he knows, oh, they're not, they're not going to call me back. I'm done. You know, I'm out of here. So I've got to have to do, I'm going to probably have to look for something else. So. Also, did you notice when he got in the cab, they're playing a commercial? Yeah. Yes, right, right away. So, so there's a way for them to throw in ads at every possible place in the future with this technology. Yeah, but the commercial, and the, I've I've uh, I've watched this, I think, a couple of times. And the second time, a while back when I was watching it, I was kind of being a little bit more careful about it and kind of taking notes. But the commercial is they're talking about uh, a technology called the willow grain. And what that willow grain is going to do is saying, well, you can see, you can see things, you can hear things, but now with this, the next upgrade, you're actually going to be able to experience smells and taste. The willow grain is what 
probably 99.9% of the population have. It's about the size of a a little grain of rice. And what it does is it goes in behind the ear and it's, and that they, I don't know how the implantation does. Did they ever talk about that in the show? As far uh, as no, that uh, later on they'll be talking about the uh, about removing one, yeah, but not yeah. about putting one in. And I think it's done at a really young age, um, which is another thing we'll discuss later in the show as well. Yeah. So with that little willow grain, what it allows you to do is it? I guess it just records everything. It's always sort of on. They don't ever okay. talk about in the show, or if they did, I missed it. I don't think you can. There's no way you can turn it off. I don't think you can, or, or if there is, I like I said, I missed that. I, so I think it records yeah. every single thing. Yeah, and, yeah, and then being able to regain it back because also in that uh, in that commercial sequence, you could uh, just like Dropbox, you can buy ten years of storage. Yeah, yeah. So and also with that, well, and what and we find out later, and we'll we'll get to this stuff too, but the technology allows you much like you can do with your, if you've got an iPhone or I'm sure it's the same with Android, you can mirror what's on your phone on your television. And so there's a way by using your little remote control that you have that you can put your actual memories up on a, uh, on a TV or on probably any other type of viewing device. He goes to the airport and this is another thing that I thought was really interesting. And it kind of brings up questions of, sort of what is privacy and what does it mean? So he, he goes to the airport to get a plane to head on back home. And what they have him do is he has to download 24 hours, the last 24 hours. And then he has to, um, or not, uh, not download a scene. He'd actually upload to the airport security the last 24 hours. And then they scan it back another week. And I guess they're just looking for anything that would stand out. Like if he was making a bomb or, or doing stuff like that. Well, uh, I also noticed that when um, they were also queuing in on people's individual faces as, as he went through as well. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So, so basically everything you saw and did for the last week as you're crossing into an airline. And, and I've had this happen to me uh, personally uh, going into uh, Canada. Well, not personally, but I've seen it happen to uh, another group of tourists is that um, is I've had seen the... Canadian government asked for people's cell phones and take them to the back and take them to the back room to scan what's going on. So, mm, yeah, technology. yeah, we still there's still at least here there's st- you still have some we still have some privacy, but there, yeah, it seems like the the government and the and the call them like policing agencies or law enforcement, right. whatever term you want to use. Yeah, now they are really set on being able to. You have to give them your 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 passcode or you have to open up your phone to them and this, that, and the other thing, at least right now that's right. Uh, there's, there's ongoing litigation and all that other kind of stuff. So anyway, yeah. he, he, uh, they don't see anything that causes any, uh, anything that's untoward or something like that. So he gets on the plane, he gets back, he goes to where there is a dinner party going on and we sort of meet he kind of comes in and you can kind of tell that he's a little, at least I felt from how I remembered it. He, he seems like he's a little uneasy and he kind of maybe well, doesn't want to be there a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically they're his wife's friends before he knew his wife. So 
Yeah. You basically know a lot of history about her before he knew her. And it's an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. And so, and we kind of meet, we see off in the distance a, a lady who is later going to be his, his wife. And I think her name is like Fiona or Fee. They call her Fee. Um, yeah. And she's talking to this guy who turns out to be Jonas and we sort of meet him and Jonas is kind of, uh, he's kind of like a smarmy, kind of like a douchebag, kind of a douchey kind of guy that, you know, um, yeah, uh, yeah he, he's like a British version of, uh, of a middle-aged stiffler. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a good way of thinking about it from American pie. That's true. <laughs> um, so that's also where we find out that, you know, they're, they're kind of talking about, Oh, how did the meeting go? And he's like, eh, I didn't think it went really well. And some of her friends are like, well, Hey, throw the meeting up on, on the TV and we'll take a look at it and we'll be able to kind of see what we thought. Cause maybe, maybe you did really well and you're just kind of, you're reading it wrong. And he's kind of like, nah, I don't really want to do it. And they sort of pressure him. And then the Jonas guy comes over and is like, you know, hey, everybody, leave the guy alone. And uh, yeah. he has, you could tell he has a little bit of a resentment towards that. So anyway, they they um, kind of go on with the dinner party. And this is, as the viewer, this is sort of where you get a little bit of a peek into kind of how the technology works. The Jonas guy is talking about... You know, he was uh, he was in a relationship with somebody and then he was thinking about other women and he could rewind sexual encounters that he had had while he's with her or he could rewind it back to the first thing. And he was saying, like, you know, what's wrong with us that we're kind of doing? But the way he talks about it is kind of it's real kind of smarmy and it. I yeah, kind of it's pretty crass. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you can tell that some of the people are a little uneasy about it. Uh, and then we meet a girl named Helen, I think is her name or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. we find out that she has been, that the term they use is gouged. And what that means is that somebody came and they took, they, uh, either assaulted or kidnapped or did whatever. And they forcibly removed, which is what you had mentioned earlier. They forcibly removed yeah. her grain and that there is a huge, and I think they said Japan or China, something like that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. There is I a huge was, black market to where you become sort of the ultimate voyeur because you can, with that, because that grain has tons and tons and tons of storage on it. And once you have that grain, they could plug it into something supposedly, and then you could sort of relive that person's life or see everything. Um, and I well, took it to to the way they were talking about it, I took it, it would almost be like sort of like the ultimate virtual reality type thing. So that if, when you're rewinding it, everything else is blocked out and it's like, you're right back in there. It's not like I don't, I didn't see it as you were I, just watching a movie. No, no. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that, uh, but the impression I got is if you're looking at it through your own eyes, it's basically like virtual reality. Yeah, but I don't, but I don't see any, when you're doing any virtual reality type things like going out and trying to touch and stuff like that yeah. later when they're using the virtual stink thing. Yeah. And I wonder too, like if like, you know, you see re with the virtual reality of today, uh, people are kind of reaching out and everything. And I wonder if it's one of that thing of it's, 
it's so immersive that you don't you don't have any outside movements and that's why you kind of the the people almost kind of go into a trance a little bit although later on when they're banging you could tell each of them are sort of reliving something yeah uh when when liam and his wife fee are having sex a little bit later and you don't know well what are they are they are they reliving when they first got together or is it with other people that they've that they've got also at the dinner yeah, party, I think there, uh, when she says, when it's revealed that Hallen had been gouged, they're talking about how some people are now electing not to do it. They're electing not to have the grain uh, right. implanted or to have, or some of them are electing to have them even removed. And there are some people that are just like, well, that, um, who was well, the The counter argument came from a person who works for the grain company. Oh, that's right. That's right. And yeah, no, they're much better than, than than your actual real memories because your real memories are actually irreliable. You could tell someone that they were um, that, that they had a pedophile babysitter, and they'd believe. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, that's right because she talks about you know how like the false memories and things like that you can't have that. Correct. Um, with this stuff, and then what's interesting is, and it comes back later in the show, is in the background they have somebody's grain memories are playing. Um, so I guess, I guess with the technology, you can probably upload those to something and then, uh, it's just like making a duplicate on your computer and it can just go and play up there. And then you've still got that stuff in your, in your grain. And the way that they have it, how things are accessed is you'll, you'll use that little thumb drive type deal with a little button on it and you can scroll through and then it gives you kind of little thumbnails where you can see certain things and they're categorized, you know, with dates and, and all that other type of stuff. So let's see. And the, the stuff that's playing on the background is from when her and her uh, friends are in Marrakesh or something like that, or there's, there's some, yeah, yeah. You know, the pre- previous life they, you know, that she had before she met her husband. Yeah. Uh, so they're on there. So then they, there's some more stuff that kind of happens, a little bit of chit chat stuff, but basically on the way home, <laughs> Liam is playing back the meeting for, for fee and and is basically saying, Oh, it didn't really go that well. And then they're also talking a little bit about Jonas and that Liam doesn't really like him. And they had kind of invited him over for a nightcap. But when they get back to, to fee and Liam's place, they basically, Liam basically says, nah, we're kind of too tired and they call it off. Uh, we find out that, they have a child who's probably about, she's got to be under two. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe she's 18 months. Okay, yeah, so, she, okay, so she's under, she's uh, right about 18 months old, and there's a babysitter, and when they get in, what they're able to do, what the mom is able to do, I guess as, as the parent, you would have access to the kid. So what she does is she basically replays kind of what happened with the kid to see if anything kind of odd had gone on. And so you yeah, see that is. she's able to replay her child's, what her, child's memories were yeah basically a living nanny yeah yeah Yeah, but i i think what was uh what was more what was also interesting is that in their was in their fight in the then the in the cab back to their house is you know how many times have you been in an argument with a significant other and they're like i didn't say that no you wanted to do it you wanted to bring him home no i didn't you know this way you could actually play that back and like hey no you said that oh that's right they did play that back didn't they yeah. yeah. So that's a great way to win or. Yeah. 
or a great way to lose all the time whenever you look at it. <laughs> yeah, or I could actually check it before I open my mouth and really stay out of trouble. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's I think at some point, like I said, it's it's a little fuzzy for me as far as the how the exact timeline goes. But basically, um, when when they're talking, she admits that she and Jonah had had a thing prior to her meeting Liam, and it was for about a month. And then it turns out that she had originally told Liam that it was only that the that the kind of the get together or the fling that she had with this guy who they called Mr. Uh-huh. Marrakesh was only yeah. a week. And so he's like, well, uh-huh. you know, he, he's like, so it was this Jonas guy and they end up getting in a big fight about it. Uh, and then they mention in passing a guy named Dan, which I thought was interesting because it shows that Liam has had a kind of, uh, he's a little jealous and he's a little possessive. And yeah. that he has kind of gone back and used the grain stuff. And I don't know with, and I can't remember what the stuff was going on with Dan. And I can't remember if it was just sort of innocent flirtation uh, from some guy where she worked and that he made such a big stink about it that she eventually, you know, stopped talking to him altogether or something like that. Was, or am I remembering that right? Or is that? Um, see, I'm not remembering, I'm not remembering anything about Dan, but I, I'm not, not remembering anything about him, but remember he dated a woman by the name of Emma uh, previous, previously, and, okay. um, and and never had anything to do with her after that because he claimed she was crazy and what have you. Probably was. Was it a was it a thing too? And kind of walk me through this if if you remember, since you're so fresh. Was it a thing too where he was like, well, hey, I maybe I'm remembering it wrong. He was like, well, hey, I, I was honest with all my stuff and I played all the stuff back for you or anything that you wanted to see I did and I never kept anything from you. Or am I, or is that maybe come later in the show or something? I can't. I think, I think, I think yeah, no, that was later in the show oh, okay. after, uh, after a, a different comp- confrontation. Okay. Um, and then like I talked about earlier there, you one of the next scenes is they're upstairs and they're having sex, but you can tell that they're both doing uh, redos. Um, yeah. So he, let's see, he goes downstairs after that, and I think he starts replaying or redoing all the the stuff that was going on at the party, and he just can't he can't let sort of like the idea of Jonas he can't let that thing go, and then oh, no. we find out it sort of I I can't remember if it fades or what happened, but anyway, the next scene is we find out that he's basically been up all night. And he's been drinking, and he's just been rewatching the um, the events of the evening. And then he and his wife get in another big fight. Yeah, well, he he tries to bring the babysitter into it for her opinion. Oh, that's right. You know, and like like, yeah, do you find this funny? A uh, uh, a stupid joke that his wife laughed at, and everyone else in the room is kind of groaning. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and you know, and uh, you know, but he's a little drunk, a little belligerent, and. Uh, you know how that, you know how that goes. Yeah. So, uh, his wife uh, ushers her out to uh, to meet her ride, but uh, but yeah, then he just uh, keeps on going. Yeah, yeah. He really he just can't let it go. And then part of the fight is like she's saying, "Well, you know, what does this matter? You know, it was a long time ago." And then he kind of brings up a thing of like, "Well, hey, you treat him. You treated him nicer." 
then you treat me. You were treating, you know, you were, and, and you can kind of tell, and that's a, it, what's an interesting thing is I don't think sometimes in, 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 uh, films and show, they'll have a thing called an unreliable narrator, meaning that even if we're seeing a memory from a person, sometimes we're, we're supposed to think as the viewer, well, this is how this person saw it in their head. So is this, is this real or is it something that was just their impression of it type thing? Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think with this, you don't, they're not saying that any of the memories or things that he's seen, none of it is that unreliable narrator. So what you're seeing is the actual events as they transpired. It doesn't, he's, he's not colored necessarily by emotion or anything. When he redut, when he rewatches it, it's just, he sees what went down. Yeah. Um, so what what went down, do you feel it justifies his emotions? Uh, well, that's where I think that that kind of that throwaway line about Dan. Uh, I don't think he's mm-hmm. necessarily justified in anything, but what I think it does show is that he he's he's jealous and he's kind of possessive, and he cannot let stuff like this go. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a thing of where, uh, although it, it does play a little bit of a factor in it later. I don't think it's a thing of he's upset that she uh, has a past. Has a past as yeah as much as it that she is lying to him about it. Like, I think if, if she would have just come out and said, oh, this is how it was or this, that, and the other thing, I think anything that he sees sort of as deception on his part, whether it's whether it's true or not. So like with the Dan thing, even though it was only a one line, she was basically saying it was totally innocent. There was nothing there, but you couldn't let it go. So I think from there, he is kind of, he's still pretty... Because he's been drinking all night, he goes over to Jonas's house. Um, yeah, yeah. And now, now the interesting thing is, before he goes over to Jonas's house, he gets in this this nice vintage um, uh, four door Dodge from the um, from the middle sixties. You know, that has a four cylinder and three on the tree. Yeah. And and um, but you know, since he's intoxicated, his grain actually tells him, "Hey, man, you're intoxicated." Insurance isn't going to cover you. You know, you should cease what you're doing unless you want to override it and continue what you're doing. And he went and continued what he was doing. Yeah. And I thought that was very interesting. That was one of the things that I wrote down and especially the part about your insurance isn't going to cover you. So if you get into an accident or anything happens, you're on your own. And he, of course he's, he just waves it. Let me ask you this now with, with the cars, because it seemed like everybody, every car that you saw and all the cars that they were in, even the cab, it seemed like it was kind of older vintage stuff. So I didn't yeah. know, I didn't know is, was it a thing where we're supposed to believe kind of in this world? And I don't know if, if the Black Mirror stuff is it's in, in theory, no matter how you look at it, is it supposed to be sort of an alternate dimension where most things are the same, but in this dimension, technology has taken these huge leap forward, or is it supposed to be, it's still us, it's still on our planet, but it's just, it's quite a few years in the future. And so technology is a little bit uh, more advanced and this is how we would see. And the reason I was kind of thinking that was because of the cars. Is it something to where these guys are kind of like hipsters? And so that's what they choose to, to use kind of like having all the vintage stuff, or is it something to where technology sort of took off in this one direction and the vehicles and stuff didn't really get the upgrades that the other stuff did. 
Well, I, uh, yeah, but I think that history and styles and sometimes make a circle back around, wow. you know, and where, you know, like, the houses all seem like out of a, a Frank, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright's um, yeah. architecture, you know, which is pretty much timeless. Yeah. Um, and and the, the cars could either be a hipster thing or it could be, yeah, these have come, come back around or... Or maybe there's a lot more of those older rigs in in um, in England, except they would pay twenty seven dollars a gallon for gas. So. Yeah, yeah. So he gets over. He he eventually makes it over to Jonas's house. He uh, barges his way in. He's being like super loud and rude. He's he's being a real kind of dick, and he's he's threatening Jonas and all this stuff. And then the girl from the dinner party, Helen, comes out, and you can tell <laughs> it was funny. You can tell on Liam's face, he's like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. You know, the, of course, <laughs> another one. yeah, of course you're going to be banging the, you know, the pretty hot young girl that's at the party. Of course you're going to, you know, you do this stuff. And so, and it's the one, who, and of course the one who can't remember anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that plays another part because he and Jonas kind of get into a fight and then if I remember it right, I think Jonas, of course, is trying to get him to leave and is saying that he's going to call the police or he's trying to get Helen to call the police when they're fighting. But right, what, yeah. what happens? Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. something that happens. Calls the police. He knocks, he knocks Jonas over the head with a bottle. And, um, and then, um, and, and then he wrecks, uh, and then in, in the show, he wrecks his car. Okay, so it, it, yeah, that's right, that's right, because we kind of cut forward a little bit, jump forward a little bit in time. Right. Um, and it's also, I think at that time, I was trying to notice, uh, back when I was originally watching, kind of trying to keep track of the time, because all this stuff happens within maybe, what, a day or two uh, at yeah. this point, because he's at the airport, he comes home, it's that next day, he, he then zips over to Jonah, and so now it's almost sunset, so from the time he left... Jonas's house, which was probably early morning, he's been kind of crashed out and passed out in the car till almost in the evening. Correct. Uh, and he's got basically in in his head, he's trying to remember what happened, and so he doesn't have any memories, and so what he does is he plays his redo. And we see that Liam tells Jonas that he's going to have to take all of his files of fee and wipe them or delete them. And then Liam also threatens that he's if he doesn't do it, he's going to gouge out Jonas's grain. And yeah, and Liam basically has uh, kind of overpowers Jonas and gets the best of him. And then yeah, well he the, he uh, broke he used the end of the bottle that he broke over his head. Yeah. So. Okay, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And what he does is he makes Jonas put up like his grains on the TV on the screen. And then he's like, okay, you delete all this stuff and I want to watch you delete them. And I guess it's one of those things where, and this was a question I had too about, about the security thing. If you can delete something, is it sort of, so let's say if you did something illegal, you did some illegal activity and you were going to, uh, you were going to try and blow up the plane that you were going on. Couldn't you just delete what you had seen? Or would there be gaps, huge gaps, and they would see that, oh, here's this five-hour gap that you had, what happened here? And if we can't... Uh, there, there, there would be a gap because he, um, uh, 
because later on he asks uh, Fee to uh, go back and remember some stuff and put him on the screen and um, to look and see if there was a gap and if she actually deleted it. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so yeah, you, you, you wouldn't would see the gap. Now, if there's a gap, I doubt they'd let you get on the plane. Yeah, and that's one of the things I was thinking about. Like, well, why wouldn't somebody just delete it? But then if it was, you know, a big enough gap, they'd probably say, well, I'm sorry, sir. You know, we can't let you back on until we figure out and what's going on with you. Yeah. Yeah, where, where this uh, time is that we can't account for you for your where you're at yeah and then so then we kind of cut back to Liam and sort of he so he was just watching his redo but now he's sort of I think he's back in the car and I I was under the impression that he kind of was taken aback a little bit about kind of how far he had taken things and what he had done and I I felt that he sort of understood that oh man I've kind of crossed a line here uh yeah yes and no yes i and um and i kind of uh uh felt that way too and the writers of the show did a really good job of uh you know he comes in and he's apologetic i was a pretentious shit and he he doesn't well he doesn't really apologize and and then he starts playing back what happened to uh fee to the point you know where she's um um, he, he's threatening him with the bottle and the halal, you know, is on the phone with the cops and it's a real desperate situation. His wife's freaking out. Like, what have you done? Then it goes and it pans into the one thing. Yeah. And yeah, we'll get to one thing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that here in a second. Now, yeah. am I remembering this correct? So walk me through this. When, uh, Halan is on the phone with the police they're like patch us into your grain so we know where you are because I don't think she, I think she had gotten a ride back with Jonas and I don't think she was probably drunk or something so I don't think she really has any clue where she's at. Right, right. Because they were trying to, the the um, so again this is another small little thing but the the dispatchers when she calls you know their version of nine one one. They're trying to tell her like, well, where are you? And she's like, I don't know. And then they're like, okay, well, give us access to your grain, and we'll be able to send somebody over. And she's like, I don't have one. And they're kind of like, you, you, you don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then that's that's one of the points that you were making that it's important that she can't, she wouldn't be able to in a trial probably relate what would happen, or she could, but they probably wouldn't give it as much weight because a a, a defense attorney would probably say, oh, you remember this wrong or it didn't exactly happen this way or Jonas threw the first punch and, you know, that oh, yeah, well, especially uh, Yeah, especially in this world when technology means so much more than your actual um, organic uh, thoughts. Yeah. Memories. Okay, so now we're coming up toward, we're pretty much getting toward the end of the episode. So if this is one of those things where this sounds intriguing to you and you want to go and watch it, but you haven't seen it yet. What we're going to come up to now is going to be big time spoiler stuff. So, uh, this is sort of a, like the twist or the, whatever you want to call it in the show. So like you were saying, he goes back and he shows feast what's going on and, and what he had done. And an interesting thing is when he was watching what was on the screen, of course, his grain is recording what he's seeing. And it's, uh, I guess you can, the, um, there's probably, they have the algorithms and everything where well, yeah, it's it wouldn't, like, it's it wouldn't like taking be a, a picture of a picture on your computer. Yeah. But with that, with their stuff, the algorithms and everything are so good that you can zoom in with, with really no distortion. 
and you know everything is is uh, kind of put together the right way and everything so it's not like when you get like a, a picture of a picture of a copy it looks kind of shitty sometimes yeah. um so he he shows her like you were saying when Jonas deletes his files and then one of the files is from 18 months ago and basically after he shows her the thing he says did you use, oh, let me think, I'm, I'm jumping ahead here. Let me look on my notes here. I got a little bit ahead of myself, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, so, talking? so yeah, he wakes his wife up and he, the first, one of the things he asks her is, did you use a condom and am I Jody's father? And well, well, well uh, we, we got to get into why he said that. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll get and, into and, that here. And, and then he's okay. like, and there's, and there's also, you notice in their bedroom that they've, the, the camera a couple of times on the shots, it focuses on a painting that's in there. And then you can tell by her face, like, she is like, oh, what the fuck is, you know, is, is his something imagined or is he, you know, what is he going to confront we, me with now? And then on the TV, he shows her when he makes Jonas delete those files. And one of the files is from... It has the, the timestamp on it from 18 months ago. And he shows her in bed with the painting over her head. And so what it means is that Jonas has a memory of her from 18 months ago that was in their house. Um, uh, more importantly, um, on their bed. Yeah. And, and then this again goes back to the Dan thing. And it turns out, that when this happened was when they had the big fight about Dan and, um, Oh yes, that's right. And that's why he, yeah. Yeah. And Liam left, he left for like five days or a week or something like that. And then it turns out that's when she called Jonas up. Uh, and I think it was probably initially, she just maybe wanted somebody to talk to, um, because she still had a lot of, uh, good feelings about him and a lot of good memories. And it turns out he came over they got drunk and then they ended up hooking up and then Liam asked her, you know, did you use a condom? And she says, yes. And then he's like, and then you can sort of tell, and it it doesn't really say what kind of attorney he is, but I think he's some type of litigator because he, that's, you can see that that's the way his mind works. He's, he's always got like two or three questions sort of mapped out or planned out ahead. And he does it so much. I think that it's, it's almost become instinctual for him. And so he's like, well, she's like, did you use a condom? And she's kind of like, yeah. And then he's like, well, you know, where did you get them? Because back then there weren't any here in the house because we were trying to get, we were trying to get pregnant. And then she was like, oh, you know, I don't know. I guess he had it in his, his pocket or his car or something like that. And, uh, yeah, and then, and then yeah, he kind of, the yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I said, yeah, the video definitely didn't show him going down to his car to go grab a box of condoms. Yeah. Um, and then, and then she, and then he's like, well, if he, and, and basically he's kind of being very dogged and he kind of gets kind of crass with her basically saying like, well, did he put it on? Did you put it on? Uh, <laughs> show me, show me in the part. I can take it. Show me up here where, you know, you're actually putting on the condom. And then she tries to, I think, doesn't she try and, delete it and then and this is yeah little... yeah 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 when, when she goes and uh, grabs the her the uh, little thumb drive thing she um uh, she is facing away from him and immediately tries to uh to delete it and uh and he stops that from happening by grabbing her arm or grabbing it or something um 
and then they show the scene on the uh, on the big screen. Yeah, and then I think, and this is again, I'm a little um, I'm fuzzy on the timeline. So after that, I think it's a deal where don't we come in on him and Liam is just watching redos over uh, and over in the house. Yeah, yeah. This is the this is the worst part of a breakup in a relationship is, is the memories. And now he's able to have these memories preserved and walk through every room in the house and remember things about the uh, the kid he once loved because he thought it was his and his wife that he once loved because he thought he loved her and all the beautiful, wonderful moments as they as he goes from uh, room to room. Yeah, and then I think it ends. So let me ask you this too: Do you think it was his kid, or do you think it was Jonas's kid? Because that I don't. Uh, unless I, uh, like I said, my, my, uh, my redo is not working too well. So I yeah. can't remember, did, do they make it clear or is it just something to where they're saying, well, this is what Liam thinks and fee thinks it's his kid, but do we ever know? Uh, well, they really threw you off by throwing in a kid with blondish red hair. Yeah. And, and both the, uh, the, the protagonist and antagonist, uh, the, the, the hero and villain of the story, they both have dark hair. So, so they kind of threw off there personally. Um, um, I, I don't, I don't think it's his, but well, actually, I don't actually, I do think it's his because the, the 18 months there, I I think that there's some type of gap where there is a chance where it can't, where it might not be, um, uh, Jonas. Yeah, that's true. So, um, I couldn't remember. I think Jonas, and uh, Liam both have, I think, brown eyes. I can't, because I, I was uh, trying to remember what the eye color of the kid was, because, like, if, if uh, or I think Jonas may have had blue eyes or something like that, and I can't, I couldn't remember if, did the little girl have blue eyes and the mom? And, yes, yes, the little girl does have blue eyes. And I think both Liam and Fee have brown eyes. So genetically, I don't think they could have a blue-eyed kid. And I think Jonas had blue eyes. And I know blue's a recessive, well, yeah, recessive gene. it's a recessive gene, but you can still have, you know, a blue eyes come through if, as if that, that gene can, that eye color can go through. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, yeah, and, and, and he, he might've just clued in on that 18 months. There could have been a, a 24 month one in the, before that as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it ends with, as you're saying, he goes through all the rooms, he's replaying certain memories, and then he ends up going into the bathroom and he's he's watching his, some of the redos and then it kind of cuts to him. And then he actually, does he take a razor blade or a glass or something? What's it? What's yeah, he, no, he takes, a, he, he takes a razor blade and um, one of those... Uh, 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 toenail clippers that look like a set of dykes or a set of uh, really short scissors. Oh and, yeah, uh, and uh, and he cuts himself open, and he ends up pulling it, pulling it out with those uh, clippers. Yeah, and then for him, where I, I kind of now that I'm, I'm remembering it now, and I kind of remember what I thought at the time, is that for him, he had to take it out because he knew otherwise he would never ever move on that he would, he would just basically be a kind of a, a, a redo zombie where he would just constantly yeah. relive that stuff. Cause that, that's another thing we forgot to mention. The house is in a shitty, it's just, it's, it's in a disaster. Uh, yeah. And we don't know 
uh, again, I don't know how long it's been. Did you get a sense of how much time had passed? Like had it been a, a couple of years or had it been just maybe, maybe it was only a, a couple of weeks? Uh, it, could, it could have been a couple of weeks is, is what I gathered. I didn't gather years because he still, um, he, he had about a, a, uh, a two week old uh, stubble on his chin. So yeah. That's why I'm going by as a stubble not to look yeah. at a house. So, and that's how the show ends. And, uh, even though we've kind of gone over it in detail, there's still a lot of little, very subtle things. And that was one of, this is one of the reasons why this episode is one of my favorites, just because there is so many little layers and so many little kind of one-off things that when you go and if you watch it a second time, you're like, Oh, wait a minute. I didn't see that before. Uh, so it, it's very well layered. I thought the acting was, you know, was good. It's funny with me unless the acting is just, I mean, horrible, I can kind of forgive that stuff. Um, and so yeah. I, I, uh, that's, I kind of have a soft spot for B movies and things like that. And so even if the acting sometimes isn't up to snuff, it's not too bad. However, with, um, with these two, there is, uh, Liam is played by Toby Kebble and, um, Fee is played by Jody Whitaker. And then, Toby has been in tons of stuff. He's all over the place now. So I think uh-huh. he's going to be around. And then uh, Fee, who was played by Jodie Whittaker, if you ever saw the show, uh, English show called Broadchurch, she is the, uh, she plays uh, the the mother of a child that ends up uh, being murdered or something like that. Uh, and it's also got uh, one of the Doctor Who dudes. Uh, what's his name? Um, David Tennant? Yes. Uh, he plays an, an inspector. And he's sent sort of to, to this small town to kind of, if I remember it right. Um, but did you ever watch Broadchurch? Uh, no, I watched the trailer for it, but I never watched it. It's actually pretty good. I think the first season is a little better than the second. And sometimes with some of these shows, you know, you, you have... It, it seems like sometimes the the lightning doesn't strike twice or the, it's kind of hard for them to put the genie, you know, back into the bottle type thing. Um, but it's uh-huh. actually pretty good. And I, I like, uh, I really like Tennant's performance. I, I have, I'm not as big of a Doctor Who fan. I was when I was a kid and my Doctor Who was uh-huh. uh, uh, Tom Much Baker. Than my kid's Doctor Who, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I wouldn't mind going back and watching it because I do kind of like him as an actor. Of course, I think when, when he was playing Doctor Who, he was, what, about probably 10, 15 years younger than he is uh-huh. now. He's also played in, um, and I did a, a, I think I did a mini review of Jessica Jones on the show, you know, a long time ago. He plays the main bad guy, uh, David Tennant does. And he's actually, he's, he's pretty good at it. His power is he can make you whatever he says you will do. So if he tells you, go jump off a bridge or run into traffic, you'll do it. Uh, oh, yeah. What's that, well, what's that term called? God, it's going to drive me crazy forever. Um, a, a babbler or um, and, uh, one of Larry Korea's books, they have, he has a character like that. Mm, and okay. I can't, there's, a, there's an actual term for it. But yeah. yeah, and I, yeah, I can't remember it right now either. But, but it's, it's, uh, it's pretty good. But as far as... You know, some of the things in general like that we would kind of have questions about 
in that world. So there's a lot of questions of privacy. And then, you know, what like the, like the stuff when they play back their kids' feet, when she's able to sort of see what her child sees. You know, and what would that mean if for you as a parent, when your kid gets older, is there a certain point where you can't access their stuff anymore without getting permission? Yeah. And let's say if you gave your kid a bath and you saved the recording of that and, and you and you publicly displayed it, could you get in trouble for child pornography? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, or, or, or even, I mean, cause now, um, um, some, some kids have taken pictures of themselves with their uh, with their cell phones and sent it to their friends who are, who are well underage. And and now the person who actually took the photo of himself is now can be uh, can be legally uh, criminally held for child pornography. So yeah, for, dis- yeah, for distribution. Whole, yeah, well, for a whole do a uh, whole do can of worms there. And then uh, we talked a little bit before about how the the firms were going to start going in and retroactively use the memories of the kids to be able to sue the parents, that type of thing. Uh, but then there's other questions and I, I wrote down a little bit of a list of them. Like, you know, so are your memories then at that point, are they really your own? So meaning that let's say that you, uh, you know, you had a girlfriend named Amy or something like that. And then you guys were together for a couple of years and then you break up. Well, you still have all the memories of her and let's, and without being too crass, we'll say it's, you know, you're in a, obviously in an adult relationship. And so there's going to yeah. be a lot of uh, sexual images and things like that. Um, and even innocent things, maybe that, that person who now hates you doesn't want you to have. So what are the, the, um, some of the ethical things, what would be some of the moral things? What would be some of the legal things? Like if, if that person says, I don't want you to have those basically nude photos of me, you know, if we were going to kind of put it into yeah. in today's terms, you know, would, would she, would that person be able to go and make you delete those? Or would there be like a, some type of a filter that they put in where it kind of blurs stuff out? Um, and not to jump too far ahead, but further on in the series, we see that there is something similar to that, that they can do. Um, I don't know. Have you watched m- more, of the, uh, more of the shows? Uh, yeah, I have, but it's been about a year. Yeah. So, so if you remember, yeah. there was one where they call them the uh, Z, which would be Z like Z eyes that you get. There's some type of an implant that you get in your eyes. And once it's in there, you can't take it out. And that if you, if somebody blocked you or if the court went in and said, well, you can't, let's say you were a pedophile or something. So then when you look at a kid, it's just a, it's just a pixelated blurred out thing. You can't really see right, anything. Right, yeah. You can't hear them. You can't. So I'm wondering if, if something like that would go down. And then you think too, would a person, would you, I'm sure there would be tons of people that would have it way worse than Liam where they, all they could do would be, they would just want to sort of relive their memories over and over again and wouldn't go forward. So, the, you know, I, I just thought it was a, a really neat concept. There's, there's plenty of people in real life who relive their memories. Yeah. yeah. So the problem would probably actually be exasperated a hundredfold. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny with, um, kind of that thing kind of reminded me a little bit of in, uh, I think it was in next generation on star Trek where they had the holodeck. 
Uh-huh. And I remember thinking at the time, and this was before, and eventually they did a show on it, but at the time I was thinking, well, why, if you had some access to something like that and you had kind of a shitty life, why wouldn't you just go in there and just be in there forever? You know, you could, I, I guess, you know, you'd have to come out to eat and stuff every once in a while, but yeah. for the most part, it seems like, uh, with that type of technology. And they did a thing like that where this one guy, and I, I, it's been so long since I've seen that particular episode, but they had a guy who was a crewman who basically was kind of addicted to being into, into the holodeck. And he would spend all his free time when he wasn't on duty in there. And then they went in, uh, which again, kind of brings up questions of privacy. I remember at the time watching the episode, it was like the, uh, Picard and Riker and Troy went in or something like that. And they kind of viewed, they were able to, with their command codes, sort of view what his programs were. And uh, they kind of confronted him with it and all that stuff. But, you know, so. No, that's that's a gross um, overstep of privacy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I think, I think that's about all the kind of the questions I had on that. The other, the only other thing really would be, as far as in that world, and if you had that technology, what I wonder what um, what rights would you have from the government? That type of thing. And then I also wondered is is there a thing even if you delete them off, is there a way that where the government has a back door into that grain to where they could go in and pull up all that stuff. So in essence, it, it never goes away. It's, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, is, uh, is the government the one responsible in providing for the storage and providing the service? You know, I mean, it's similar to what we have going on with, um, with, 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 with Google right now. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, we have uh, a, a private company that's providing a service, allowing hosting and stuff. And the government, uh, or, or even with the, with the, uh, with uh, unlocking iPhones as well. And now the government's trying to say, no, you have to give us the technology in order for us to do this. Are those private companies in the future going to stand for, um, uh, have a backbone when it comes to our security? And, um, or are they just going to hand it all over? But if it's all government sponsored, what have you, you know, it's like, uh, what worries me is, you know, if the product's free, then you're actually the product. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. So again, I thought, like I said, I would highly recommend this episode. This one, um, of the first, I think of the first season, uh, I think there's three or four episodes. I think there's maybe only three. Yeah. yeah, There's three episodes of the first season. And, and and this one and the first, the the first episode was shocking. Yeah. You know, cause you know, cause, cause you, you you didn't expect it to, to go that, to actually end that way. And that actually happened to this one where, you know, it uh, it opened up an even larger uh, can of can of worms and things to to think about with the technology that you know possible it could happen. Yeah, and I think I don't know if this was the actual second episode or if this was the third. This was the third. Yeah. Okay. Because the the second the, one. The second was a million credits, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And that one, it had some good parts. I, you know, maybe we could, maybe we'll do that one next time or something. That was one of the ones that I wasn't as thrilled with. Yeah, it was, it was, it was actually kind of boring. Yeah. It wasn't boring, but it, uh, there, it it was as good as the first and the third. 
Yeah. So, I thought that know, it like was, a, um, well, and then, like I said, maybe what we'll do is we'll save that when we'll get into the discussion of that one a little bit. Um, or what we, uh, there was also another one, I think in the, maybe in the second season that I didn't care for as much. Uh, and I th- it's the one where there's the guy is the cartoon voice of the little animated thing. And they end up oh, like, doing like yes. the, the political thing. And I thought, I thought with that one and with the one with the, uh, 15 million credits or a million credits or whatever it is. I thought they had some interesting things to them, but I thought that they, they were stretched out. If that makes sense. Like I thought it, it probably would have made a better episode if it was about a half hour, you could have, mm-hmm. you could have cleaned it up, picked up the pacing and, and some of the things that they did, it was kind of like, okay, you know, we get it. And maybe that's, but like I said, hey, we can talk about that stuff a little bit later, but maybe what we'll do yeah. on those um, is maybe we'll combine kind of those two. And with the series, I don't mind, you know, sort of jumping around in there. Like I said, there are, uh, there are things that kind of are a through line through some of them, uh, especially with the technology. It's like, Oh, okay, well this is that. And, and, uh, you know, you can see sort of where maybe this was the next, uh, the next version of this, of this stuff. So you, you can kind of always tell, um, what another thing I like about it is that, it's not so far into the future in any of the episodes really to where it, it becomes like, uh, almost like a star Wars or, or it becomes so far fetched where you just have to say, Oh, well, you know, the technology has advanced that part. Everything looks uh, believable and feasible. And you could say a little bit with the grain stuff that, Oh, that's one of the ones where they kind of are, are sort of, um, you sort of have to take a little bit of a leap of faith with that. Uh, because that yeah. type of technology would be to, to have it be as flawless as it was. Well, yeah, I'm sure that at that point in the in the show that the technology is pretty much flawless right now. Right now, we're at the uh, with we have uh, Google Glass on a cloud and it's not even attached to our eyes. So yeah. yeah. So all right, well, uh, let's see. I think that is about it for the show. I think we will go ahead and uh, wrap it up. I, on the old shows, what I used to do a lot of times was I would have, uh, some recommendations and I think I might have lost a little file that I used to do. I may have got it somewhere uh-huh. where I used to talk about whipping out my pimp cane and beating some knowledge into your head. Uh, so are there any other particular, uh, podcasts or shows or anything or books or anything like that, that you would recommend? Uh, that you're kind of looking at now, or maybe something that you've watched in the past that you really liked? Uh, one show that I recently watched on Netflix was, um, was Altered Carbon. I don't know if you've seen that one. I've seen, I've seen like you, I've seen the trailer, but I haven't seen it yet, and I've been wanting to see it. I like that guy, um, Kinnaman. I, I kind of yeah. like him as an actor. Yeah, it, it has a re- really good premise, whereas basically um, our bodies are basically shells, and our consciousness is uh, like uh, like the grain is uh, saving this little egg thing in the back of our neck, and we can go and drive new bodies and stuff if we wanted to. It, 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 the process isn't, isn't as simple, but it's uh, it's a good murder mystery uh, sci-fi adventure that I strongly recommend. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's good enough. I'm. I'm uh, you know, you, you find a series and you want to read the book, but I'm, I was kind of fresh out of the series, so I haven't done the book yet. Like the, like the, the expanse, I thought they were going to cancel it. So I went and read all the books. Oh, okay. 
and they're not canceled. Well, uh, Amazon picked up that series for for our fourth season, so well, that, that should be real. Yeah, I've I've watched. I it was one of the. It's funny. The Expanse was one of those shows where I started watching it and I liked it, but then other things kind of popped up and I kind of got away from it. Uh, and then so I think I may I may dive back into that again. Uh, it's a, it, it's a great it's a great story. Um, you know, I'm not going to be one of those jerks who always say, "Oh, the book's better." But the book is better. Um, yeah. But, uh, but the but the neat thing about the, about the television series is now it allows you to uh, to to put the visualization to to the book and what have you and the, and the characters in the um, in the show actually play really close to the uh, characters in, in the novels as far as the way they talk and act and stuff like that so it's not too far fetched and they don't take too many detours from the book so, mm. so and that's both a good read and a good show to watch. Yeah, it's awful hard for when you're starting to cross over mediums. It's awful hard for, you know, if you've got a really good book, sometimes it's, it's, it's difficult when you go into the visual medium to, to uh, maintain that, to maintain the quality, right. you know, because you can just get into so much more depth. And also sometimes the reverse can be true. If you have something that works very, very well as a visual thing, sometimes it can be hard to kind of do a little bit of a novelization of that. Uh, so, you know, kind of the, whatever medium it is, it sort of is what it is and you kind of have to enjoy it, uh, for what it can offer on those things. For me, I would say if I was going to do a recommendation, well, it's a, it's an oddball. It's a little bit of an oddball thing. It's, uh, it's an anime and it's called one punch man. And it, and it kind of takes a little bit of, uh, oh, it kind of, it kind of pokes fun. Well, it doesn't kind of, it totally pokes fun at sort of the hero genre. Oh, really? Yeah. And what it is, is you have, uh, it, it takes, of course it takes place in Japan and you have, it opens up and you have, uh, like this, oh, kind of like a, a half man, half crab thing is running around and it's, it's kind of running amok and doing some stuff. And then the main character, a guy, uh, what's his name? I can't remember how to pronounce it in Japanese. Saitama, I think is, is ends up who's going to be one of these main hero guys. He ends up fighting this crab thing off and then it, it, it forwards up to a little bit later in time. He's gone like completely bald and he is super, super strong. But he's not, he's just, but he's just an average guy. So he's, he's sort of like Superman, but the next two or three levels up, you know, because he, uh, in, in this universe, he would be probably, you know, somebody's got to be the strongest and he would be the actual strongest, but they, they have hero guilds and they have all this other stuff and there's 12 episodes. It's on, it's on Netflix and it is on Hulu for whatever reason. And I don't know why. The Netflix, the Netflix version of it edited out little bits of it here and there. And I'm not exactly sure why they did it. Um, but it's, it's, if you go into it with the mindset and each episode's about, oh, you know, probably 20, 24 minutes, 22 to 24 minutes of actual content. But it's, it's hard to describe unless you view it. But I'd say, yeah, give that a shot if you guys want something out there that's a little bit different. It does with, you know, with a Japanese anime, a lot of times their shows can seem in some ways kind of a little corny 
to an American sensibility. But if you understand their culture just a little bit, and then also if you understand that a lot of times with, um, and not with One Punch Man, but with some of the other animation, that a lot of the, uh, the characters that you're getting are kind of tropes. So, you know, you have like the super bad guy or you have the, a lot of times the hero in the story is trying to make his journey and, and, uh, they do kind of go overboard on, uh, you know, things that we would see like a sense of obligation and, and, uh, the struggles that the characters had a lot of times in animations are, you're thinking, well, that kind of goes beyond what you would think that a character, even an anime would do. But again, if, if you understand that it's, it's kind of like, okay, this is a trope and we're going to explore that. And this is sort of the hero's journey and all this other stuff. So, uh, but that would be my recommendation for an anime. As far as, uh, a movie, I'm trying to think if I've seen anything that was really, really good. And off the top of my head, I can't think of anything right now. Uh, I did see, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Which I went into in it. I went into in it into it. Gosh, knowing that it was pretty much a comedy, and if you go into that movie with that in mind, then you can enjoy it. If I had gone in there thinking it was going to be a little dark or it was going to be a typical, like the show Vikings, yeah, something. You know, I've only seen two one episode of that, and that was another oh, one. Of those oh, things. well, that is an excellent series. It, it, it's it, it's really good. I I haven't seen the last season. I only saw half of the of the season before. I I, I think there are five seasons, and I think I've seen the a solid three and a half of them. Okay, but uh, yeah, I was, um, that one's on Amazon, I believe. Yeah, I may have to. Uh, we're we're thinking about getting Prime just because there's we pretty much have we still have uh, the satellite, but I've cut it down to where it's just the very basic stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But pretty much. Almost everything we watch is either Hulu, Netflix, and then that's about it. I mean, I'd say 95% of the stuff that we watch occasionally we'll watch, you know, stuff on PBS that will record like Nova's and things like that. But it's almost getting to the point now where it's like, eh, I don't even want to pay for that stuff. You know? Yeah. Well, see, I got, I got prime for the free shipping years ago. And then when they, uh, when I got the fire stick, and uh, Amazon Prime on the phone, uh, and and they just keep on coming out with with a whole bunch of good series and picking up some other series. Uh, they picked up the uh, Grand Tour, which was uh, the old Top Gear with uh, Clarkson and and um, Hamster and, and Captain Flow, and then um, they picked up uh, a, sci- uh, a bunch of sci-fi series, including The Expanse, um, and then uh, they. Uh, they have another really good series on there called Sneaky Pete, and I'm just, uh, they're putting out some really, really good content. Okay, good. Hey, one final recommendation for me, and then I'll let you do another one if you want, uh, and if not, then we'll go ahead and draw the show to a close. As far as uh, you were talking a little bit about like some of the old-time radio and things like that, there is an excellent podcast that is kind of like a... Mm, thriller and horror type thing. And it's called the no sleep podcast. Um, they do, uh, they have top notch voice actors and they do a really good, uh, uh, shows. And there's, I think there's 10 seasons of it. Uh, and each season is around, uh, 
I think 15 to 20 episodes or something like that. And the way that they do it is you can, I think it's $20 for a per season. You can buy it. And then you'll each, each uh, episode maybe has five or six stories. So it's about two hours long. But if you're just listening to the free podcast, you only get maybe two or three stories. So if you want the the full season, you can pay for it. And if not, you can just sort of listen for free type stuff. But uh, I, like I said, I think they're on season 10 or 11 now. And it is, it is very, very good. And the stories are, uh, for the most part are, are well-written and they're well acted. So it's, it's very entertaining. I listen to them. Oh, a lot of times, like, like right before I go to bed, I'll listen to one and then shut it off and then, you know, do lights out. So one podcast that I really love along the same lines was the, uh, we're alive, uh, from Wayland production. Oh yeah. Uh, it was a zombie podcast. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's a few years old now uh, since they put out their last episode. Uh, but I believe it was three seasons and the shows were roughly about 10, uh, 10 to 15 minutes long with a little bit of uh, advertisement and on the, at the beginning and end. But the production quality and the story quality was, was really good out of this world. Uh, and then basically it's a zombie podcast. You know, the zombie outbreak starts and then uh, um, uh, a group of people who you, you wouldn't think would, would get together, gets together and fights off other clans and fights off zombies and finds out how the zombie outbreak started. And, you know, your, your typical zombie show. Um, zombie show, zombie book, it, it, they're all pretty much have, have the same... The, they have the same plot, what have you. But the, uh, the, the this is like uh, like a hundred times better than The Walking Dead, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And it's a podcast. And it's, uh, We're alive. So Wayland Productions. I think they still might all be free on iTunes. I think they are. I think they are because I list, I remember listening to those as they. I had kind of came to it a little late, and then I got caught up, and then I was on their weekly. Or, yeah. or however they were doing their production schedule like that. And I, so I've listened to all of them. I enjoyed those quite, quite a bit. All right. Well, I think we will go ahead and wrap it up. So, uh, if you want to go ahead and contact us, you can do so through the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. Or you can send in an email, or if you have audio you want to send in, we'll play that for you on the show. And that you can send to me, at thearmedape at gmail.com. All one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. All right. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, guys. All right. And we're done. Cool.